Hey everybody, this is Keach Rainwater. I'm your designated drummer today on the Designated Drummer Podcast, and today I have a really cool guest. It's it's not the normal, um, you know, sort of like a musician type. This is this is kind of going off a little bit, but it's very interesting to me. This is Jeremy Bird. He is a personal trainer and a physical fitness expert and all that. Welcome to the welcome to the podcast, Jeremy. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I've always been really fascinated with um, physical fitness and uh, you know, uh, exercise and the body and nutrition and things like that, where it pertains to being a drummer, especially being a drummer, but all musicians, I would say, but especially being a drummer because it is so physically demanding. And, um, uh, you know, just this, uh, I want to talk a little bit about things of, that we can do as drummers to um, kind of condition ourselves and maybe uh, something about maybe a little bit about nutrition and stuff like that. But first of all, I want to talk a little bit about how you got started and what your how, what your journey led you to to do what you're doing now. Um, well, as a young as a young person, I uh, played sports and uh, uh, my dad raced cars. I grew up racing cars with him, and then you just over time get in these. Uh, like when I was in college, I played college football and college baseball, and I was trying to to do both at the same time, and I had a really good strength conditioning coach. And uh, he just really turned me on to the fact that he could add so much weight to my frame to help me with football and baseball. But eventually I stuck with football and then through just interning with him while in junior college, I, I got a chance to intern with San Francisco 49ers. And then I did that through training camp for two years. And that was kind of cool to see that. And that really turned me on to just wanting to get into strength conditioning, wanting to get into nutrition. And then um, I graduated high school probably, if I was lucky, 165 pounds. But I was fast. I ran a 4.4, but that's all I had going for me was speed. So I was really small. And so I recognized after junior college I got up to about 185, and people noticed. And I noticed physically. And, you know, when you graduate as a small person and then you start getting bigger, um, it – I guess, inspired me to keep going in the field. Um, And then playing college football all through college and then getting a chance to actually uh, do some professional football. And then from professional football, um, you have to put on a lot of weight. You have to be really healthy. You're at the next level. Your nutrition has to be dialed in, especially if you're not gifted with six foot seven genetics. Randy Moss, six five, running 4.240, right? So um, I just dove into it. And when I was done with sports, uh, after after getting cut from my last pro football team, I ended up um, at, throughout that time period. Funny story, actually, if I backtrack a little bit, when I was in when I was in junior college and I had that really good strength coach, I got a job working at Twenty Four Hour Fitness as a young trainer. I didn't know anything. They just hired me. I was like, "Why are you hiring me?" And and the uh, fitness manager's like, "We're going to teach you everything you need to know. You're going to intern for like six months. You've already interned here." And it really helped. And I didn't just go take a test and become a trainer like you can do now. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I kept doing that while I, I kept training, actually, taking on a client here and there uh, when I was going through professional sports. Um, and then I ended up in San Diego. And then through that San Diego journey, I ended up training Navy SEALs for a while. Wow. I ended up doing lots of um, lots of clients and and that just kept going and going into, um, and that was a long time ago. I've done it 23 years now. Wow. And so just being in the, in the game, is a, I'm a CSCS now, which is a certified strength conditioning specialist, um, and it's like the top tier of where you can get to as a trainer. 
Um, wow. I got buddies that do it at universities, and you can do really well for yourself at a university. Um, but I've owned my own business and done it. I've trained from athletes, and I consider drummers athletes. So right. going right into that, uh, as, as far as training people, I've trained every kind of person you can train from uh, young people to old people to, um, you know, people with ailments to musicians. Yeah. And with my wife singing country music for a long time, um, I'd gotten kind of into that that realm of training more and more musicians yeah. and you know um for that was going to be my next question yeah. is how what how you ended up in nashville but you just answered it right there yeah your wife, yeah my wife so i met my wife downtown nashville she was singing <clears throat> and uh yeah that's how we kind of got into uh moving back out her her cousins um lived here in in nashville and they um they had a recording studio so that's kind of what brought us to franklin and nashville and then uh and then just in general, me getting in that business, working with other musicians, because they would, you know, they would see me, and then they'd see her, and then they'd ask questions, and then eventually we get talking about nutrition, how I can help you with nutrition, and then it just spiraled into uh, working with so many different artists, a lot of '90s country bands, uh, yeah. you know, newer artists, young and up and coming artists, and. Uh, you know, guitarists and drummers yeah. and people want to get in shape. So I remember back in the day uh, when I was with Canyon uh, on our label, Aaron Tippin was on our label, and he was just a he he wasn't really an artist on the label. He was a writer. He was a staff writer. But when we would come to Nashville from Dallas and we'd go in and we hang out at the label and talk to the people, I, I saw Aaron there and I met him, and he he was fixing to go work out and he asked if I wanted to come with them. So I said, okay, yeah, sure. And I think at the time our bus driver was a big fitness guy. He was a yeah, big yeah. weightlifter and all that stuff. So they were going to hook up and go work out. So I just kind of tagged along. And then that's why I got to know Aaron Tippin. And then just like right after that, just about a year later, he broke as an artist and I noticed he was all in shape and muscle. He's I thought, ah, I see. He was, <laughs> he's a big he was boy. working on something. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. He's a, he's definitely a, one of those dudes that's in shape in country music yeah and there's a few of them out there that are like that really get into it you know um and and that's always a good thing to have some yeah. guys out there that can maybe inspire other guys i've always looked upon it as my career as a musician and as as not just a musician and a drummer but also uh a, an artist you know because you're on record albums and you're in the public eye and that kind of thing right. so i think it's kind of like I don't know, to me, just personally, to me, it's important to me to keep a good physical uh, appearance and to be in good shape and all that kind of stuff. I think you owe it to your fans in a way. Oh, and yeah. I'm not putting down people that have put on weight or that, that, that have a problem with that. And that, Those are totally fine. I, I understand that. But just for me personally as a drummer and uh, all that. And I remember back in the day when I put on a little bit of weight, it's so hard to play drums to, be, to sit in a drum stool and bend, sit and bend your body forward and play you're not standing up you no. can't stretch it out you have to sit and it's so difficult to play drums like that so i i just years ago i just decided to kind of try to stay in shape and right right yeah um and you used to be a drummer you were telling me that you used yeah to be when a i was younger my grandpa played a lot of instruments and he was uh you know banjo fiddle he didn't do the drums but uh he he got me kind of into that music realm and then i had a good friend uh, Cameron Ludlow, this guy was an amazing drummer when we were kids, and his parents had a band, and they had a whole setup in their house. And I'd go in there and kind of mess around, and he'd show me stuff. And I realized I could keep good rhythm, and I could. we started with the song Wiping Out, right? right wipe Out, yeah. <laughs> wipe Out, Beach Boys. And uh, 
once I did that, I started getting into other stuff and really enjoyed playing. Um, I guess my, like we were talking about, my fork in the road to get out of it would have been, I just had a Forrest Gump life going. I was doing race car driving. I was doing, uh, I, I was grew up on a cattle farm. So we had rodeo stuff. We had um, just so many different things that we did. And, and football, you said. You had and football, football going I had football, on. baseball, and basketball in high school. And I still continued it, but I didn't really, I didn't really like pursue it, even though it was a, one of those things like, I want to do this, but you get distracted and, and then you kind of got to focus on what you're doing. And then uh, when I got with my wife and she was in music, I went and bought a drum set, got back into it. And um, it's a great outlet for me to go put the headphones on and, you know, mimic my idols that play or try to play. And um, with very little formal training, but just, you know, um, there's so many resources now to kind of help yeah. you with drumming. So, but um, I know the physical demands of drumming and uh -huh. with my wife being in music, I could see when we, when she was starting out, we'd do four hour sets and you could see these drummers sweating and she had some drummers that were not in shape at right, all. And yeah. They'd be calling timeouts like, Hey, let's take a break, I you know? Break. <laughs> and, uh, and a couple, well, a couple of them would come to me and be like, Hey, what are some things I could do to get in shape? And uh, where's some things I can do health wise or nutrition wise? And I'd throw them a little bone here and there. Um, but at the end of the day, it's really a lifestyle change you have to have. I agree and, with that. I and, totally agree. And you have to be able to make the decision of where, where your life's going to go. Not just maybe even as a drummer, just physically in health and yeah. in your health and wellness uh, from mental health to physical health. So, yeah, right. Stamina and just everyday nutrition. I think that, you know, that what you are, what you eat is so true because what you put in your body is is going to be in your body. I mean, that's yeah. making you basically building who you are. Right. Yeah, you can have you can eat food as medicine yeah. or you can eat medicine as food down the road. And yeah. I always tell people, uh, what that's do good. you want to do? You know, that's a good way to look at it. And it really does help. Um, but everybody has a hard, everybody has habits that they form in their eating habits. Yeah. You go out on the road, you get on the bus. Nobody who is going to be on your journey is usually going to lift you up. They're going to try to tear you down to bring you back to them. Yeah, come right. on, just have a pizza pizza. It's just a, come it's on. Just a Coke. Here, have some Coke, Dean. Oh, you can yeah, have this. You know, I, yeah. I, I, have a, I have a client that, <clears throat> you know, guys would give him stuff all the time. And I, like I said, I train a lot of artists, and they all yeah. get together on the road, and there would always be that one guy trying to needle the other guy. Eh, you don't have to be in shape. You don't have to do this. Come on, so, live a little. Live right? a little. Yeah. yeah, here, it's only tonight. <laughs> You know, and then that could turn into it's only birthday next cakes, night, and, and then, then it can turn the next. It could turn into Thanksgiving, Christmas. There's always there's always going to be a reason to do something out of your journey of trying to get better right. physically, health wise. Because uh, the minute you make that decision, uh, you're going to get attacked. You're going to notice that a donut truck is going to crash outside, and free donuts for everybody. The minute you're like, I don't want donuts anymore. Right. Yeah. Right. But um, your health, your fit, or excuse me, your nutrition is is just it's. We say it's eighty percent of what you do when it comes to working out. I could train you right. like an Olympic athlete, but if you eat and you and you ruin that part of it, yeah. I mean, right. you, don't, you yeah. don't put diesel in a Ferrari, right? You right. Yeah. You, you got to put what you want. That's a good way to look goal. at it. Yeah. yeah. So that's one of the biggest things I try to hammer with people is we might miss a workout here and there, but you want to make sure you really hammer your nutrition. Right. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger used to be asked, you know, if you had to choose between missing a meal or missing a workout, what would you do? And he'd say, I'd miss a workout. 
Nutrition right. is first, man. Right. That's very true. And, uh, you know, my trainer years ago used to get on to me because sometimes on a Saturday we would meet and it would be in the morning. I normally am an afternoon workout kind yeah, of guy, yeah. but every once in a while we would meet in the morning and right. he would ask. And it seemed like every time we met in the morning would be a leg workout day. You know, first, <laughs> that's just the way, it, you know, we right. would alternate days. But every seemed like every time we'd do that Saturday morning, it'd be a leg thing. And he would always ask me, do you have a good breakfast? And I was like, no, I just did. And he like, Keach, man, you know, he would just right. really get on to me about that. And, of course, in about halfway through the leg workout, we'd work out for an hour. Yeah. Uh, halfway through the leg workout, I would be, like, getting real lightheaded, and I would almost right. I'd have to stop and walk outside and get some fresh air. And he's like, dude, it's because you're, you lack know, you're not glycogen. fueling your body. Yeah, you yeah. have lack of glycogen You're on body. empty. On empty. Um, you know, a lot of studies, you know, science has changed so much since <clears throat> when, when I was younger, you know, in the – 80s and 90s biomechanics and nutrition were a lot different than they are now because we have so much more technology that we can see you know yeah uh, how things work a little bit better and it depends on kind of when and where like if you're working out in the morning as long as you had a good dinner and you you could probably get away with it um they used to say five meals a day well that doesn't work for everybody everybody's totally different Right, and our calorie intakes are going to be different. Our blood types are different. Right. Our goals are the different. The way we process sugar and salt. Oh yeah, and you like could that, be a right? slow press, right. a slow processor, or a fast processor with your cholesterol levels. Right. There's so much that plays into it. Sleep is a factor. I train the lead sleep neurologist for Vanderbilt, and we talk sleep all the time, yeah. and um, and how important that is, and how that plays into everything. And how sleep, something like sleep apnea, can can cause major, major health, health problems. problems. Yeah. yeah. So so happen. we we really want to make sure, especially if you're a drummer, and this is where it gets sketchy, is that um, if you're playing until two a.m., you know you've now gone way past that that first release of melatonin that your body would naturally give you. Okay. Right. And remember, we always call it. Oh, I got my second wind. You that first time you start to feel tired, you should have went to bed. Right? When the sun see, goes yeah. down, our bodies naturally want to go to sleep. So the second wind is basically uh, sort of a fight or flight yeah, reaction you just or start, sort of yeah, adrenaline. Done. Yeah, you get rid of it, and then that, that, that effect that your body says, hey, we need to go to sleep, that wears off. And yeah. then you're up now. You can do it. And you might get a second wind, or, or not even a second wind, excuse me. You might get a second round of being tired, and that's when we should listen. But, you know, musicians stay up all hours of the night, right. and then you throw that off. And, uh, you know, there's lots of studies out there showing – correlations between lack of sleep and cancer yeah um lack of sleep when it comes to um the timing of your sleep i guess you say so if i go to bed if i'm a normal human being that works five days a week and i get a good night's sleep it would be somewhere like let's say 8 30 9 o'clock sun's gone down depending like right now the sun goes down way earlier it throws things off but you go to sleep and you get that good night's sleep and you wake up at 6 a.m you're going to end up with uh, a better day, mm-hmm. right? But if you go to bed at 2 a.m. and you sleep till 10, no matter what you do, you still have missed that one window. Yeah. And even if you feel like you got eight hours of sleep, your day's thrown off, and eventually that can play into lots of health factors. Yeah. So I always try to tell guys, man, if you can just get on some kind of a rhythm with your sleeping. Um, you know, athletes, we always say eight and a half to nine hours of sleep now. That's the really? new study. Is that yeah. right? Wow. It's just for their growth as young people. Yeah. And, you know. Um, and for normal adults like me and you, eight to eight and a half hours. And, yeah. and they'll be like, well, millionaires don't get, you know. Uh, they're probably hours some of the most unhealthy and, people in the world. Too, right, right. They're unhealthy. But the ones that are in really good shape, they're going to be like, yeah, I get seven and a half to eight hours. You know, right. 
Um, and they make it a priority. At, at some point, your health's a priority. And if you've ever been sick, you know health is wealth. Yeah, like right. I've been, I've, I've, I've made money. I've not made money. And at the end of the day, my health is how I know I'm, I'm super rich. Right. Because gotcha. there's nothing better than feeling it. good, right? Um, and and if you feel good, your mental state is good. And I've met super happy, happy people that don't make a lot of money. I've met yeah. very, very miserable people that make a lot of money. You know, yeah. so. Um, and this all plays into, like I said, nutrition, sleeping, and then when it comes to your workouts, I would imagine that's our next thing we could talk about is uh, some good workouts that, that we could do as drummers right. or yeah. as musicians that would definitely help with our um, ability to not break down. And Yeah. You know. Well, I read some statistics um, recently, and it said that an average drummer will burn around 600 calories an hour. And that's just an average drummer. And then you take into account, like you mentioned earlier, a jazz drummer may not burn as many calories because he's kind of laying back there playing, right. not playing as hard as someone like Lars Ulrich, you know, or right. Tommy Aldridge or something like that. Right. Um, but an average drummer would burn around 600 calories an hour. And I finally got the iWatch uh -huh. where it can, so count, can count your, Those I don't are know how accurate, accurate that is. But <clears throat> they're within, I think, I think I read somewhere they're within 15, 20% accuracy. Yeah. It depends on how hard you got it strapped to yeah. you. I don't know. So I looked at it the other night and after a show that we did, an hour and a half show, and I'm not, I wouldn't consider myself an average drummer. I kind of put right. a little bit more into it. Right. And it was like 1,100 calories. And I was like, yes. That's pretty good. That I mean, if right. you count it as like when you're doing the walking steps, they count how many steps you do. Yeah, and right. it has like a calorie counter for you take seven steps, it's one calorie kind of thing. Oh, yeah, right. Or 10 or whatever it is for your body weight. Because remember, your body weight plays it. If you're a six foot five, 400 pound drummer, he's going to burn probably twice as many calories yeah, right. as you would. That's true. Right? Yeah. Just like long distance runners, when you see them, those guys winning the marathons are real small, skinny guys. They're not right. big, big guys, right? And it's obviously there's an energy system you're training there, but there's a difference in calories between uh, different size bodies and, and, yeah. and uh, conditioning, how conditioned a person yeah. can be. We're at the band cave right now, so you're hearing the train going past the track. That's our <laughs> horn section. We call it our horn section. So... <laughs> Please, I apologize for that. <laughs> it's a noisy place here at the Bank Cave. But, um, yeah, so nutrition, and uh, we were going to talk about working out a little bit. Um, I started working out with my trainer uh, years ago, back in 2001, two, 1999, actually, right. 1999. And I was just coming off of a rotator cuff injury. Oh, wow. I mean, I was riding a scooter or something, and I fell, and, and my arms flew forward, and I couldn't lift my arm. And I noticed when I was taking a shower that night, I couldn't lift my arm to wash my hair, and I thought something was wrong. And, I, and it just so happened that the very next day or two uh, after that I injured myself, I was set, I was scheduled to go start with this trainer. But he was really, really good. He was actually a, uh, an EMT, okay. like from way back in the day. So he knew how to deal with injuries and things like that. Right. Thank, thank, I'm so thankful to him because he worked. I didn't have any surgery or anything, but we worked through that shoulder injury. injury. He did like front lifts, front raises, and things like that to where we could work around that and bring right. it back to health. And to this day, I haven't had any problems with it. And he did a great job of just uh, dealing with that injury and right. training me. Reconditioning your shoulder. Yeah. 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 As, exactly. uh, as far as drummers go, I mean, there's so many things that play into you being an athlete. I mean, you're an athlete, regardless if you're out there scoring points for anything. Drummers are the athletes of the band. I mean, they're the ones that are constantly moving. Moving your fingers on the guitar is a lot less than the, the demands of a drummer. Right. So your core stability is so important. 
Um, if you're looking for a roadmap to get yourself in a place where you can play two to four hour sets and, and really knock it out and at the end of it not feel like death or right. oh, I'm just so drained. You're just gonna pass out. There's a few things you can do. Um, I mean, we will talk about the nutritional side of it, but exercise wise, a strong core, whether it's isometrics or just certain lifts you're doing to keep that core strong. Uh, training your energy systems is gonna help. You know, you don't wanna be just strictly focused on aerobic, right? Um, long distance running versus weight training, you know? Right. Uh, there's high intensity exercises you wanna do, high intensity interval training you wanna do. We wanna build up our core, our shoulders, our arms, our, uh, you're sitting down for a long time, so you gotta be really flexible. We gotta make sure we're stretching. Stretching's one of the most important things. I tell people all the time, if you signed up to be an athlete, you signed up to stretch. Yeah, right. At the end of the day, you need to be able to stretch, and stretching is almost as important as eating. I agree with that. Um, years ago, we had a fiddle player in our band, Roddy Chong, and he has played with Shania Twain. He's been with the Trans-Siberian Orchestra and Kevin Costner's band and all that. Good friend of mine and a great guy. He's from Chicago area. And he, uh, when he toured with us, he you know, put his services out there as a trainer because he, he was training for a little while. Wow. He was training people. That was one of his accolades. And so nobody else took him up on it, but I took him up on it. I said, yeah, we're out on the road. We're all day just kind of doing sound check and had a lot of dead downtime. So I took him up on it. And uh, his big thing was stretching more so than any other trainer I've ever had. He's like, mm. we're going to stretch. We're going to do what's called assisted stretching. And that's where you stretch as far as you can by yourself. And then he will come along and push that a little further yeah, that yeah. you can't do. You know yeah. what I mean? Yep. I, I don't know if that's what you call it, this assisted stretching. But Yeah, we do assisted stretching. I have to yeah. say that that one thing ha had helped me in every way. Like I noticed I walked better. I played better. I yeah. uh, I sat in a chair better. I was just yep. like my whole body felt like it was a different kind of machine. Yeah, you're getting better blood flow when you stretch. You're breaking things up when you stretch. Um, getting a better range of motion in your joints. You know, um, but the blood flow is really what helps. And then that plays into hydration and right. nutrition. But the stretching is, if you're not flexible and you're a drummer, you're going to find it's hard to make certain things happen, uh, especially how stiff your back will get. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, having flexible hamstrings, just like a golfer, you know, you're, yeah. you're, in, a, you're in a seated position for a long period of time. Um, tight hamstrings will tighten everything up. So you know, from your calves to your hamstrings to your glutes to your lower back yeah. to pretty much every muscle in your body. Um, but understanding how to engage your core. A lot of guys don't know how to engage their core, and you can see it when they first sit down somewhere, they slump over. Right, yeah. As opposed to, we were told, the old adage is, breathe in, draw your belly button to your spine, hold that position, and then feel your abs flex to hold that position and keep that the rest of your life and just breathe. Really? Is that <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was the, uh, I didn't know that. It was the adage. I remember one of my old uh, fitness, one of my old strength coaches would say, you know, you're at the beach with your buddies, your shirts are off, everybody's talking, and here comes a pretty girl to walk by. What does every guy do? <laughs> Sucks the <up>, chest out, <laughs> breathes it in. Hey, how's it going? And as she yeah. walks by, they let it out. <sighs> and the bellies <laughs> come out. Well, if you could just hold that position where you, you draw it in yeah. and then you breathe, and you'll get to, to practicing that where it's always flexed. Yeah. And that way, when you reach down to tie your shoe, your back doesn't go out. When you're playing oh, the drums, if you draw that in, if we've trained right, you should be able to sit up straight and do your whole thing the whole time yeah. without 
slouching over even in between songs or whenever you get breaks yeah. because slouching just your spine everything yeah, it, right. it's not conducive to a healthy frame or or your body in general yeah um so your core strength's very important whether it's doing planks for long periods of time or just like i said you could do you could do squats and work your your core fairly well can i tell you what my personal best on my plank is what is it 15 solid minutes oh and that, now that is, I will say that is on, not on the elbows the whole time. It's on arms. Yeah, going to the hands, for, going back to the and elbows. And I go back to the elbows and back to the hands. I kind of change it up a little bit. But still, for, for a that's 50. A, that's Olympic. Almost 60-year-old <laughs> man, that right? is 15 minutes. That's my personal best. That is, that is Olympic. I've had some plank-offs where we have athletes. And I used to have this girl that was a gymnastics, and she was eight years old. And what we'd wow. work on, so so one of the old adages is if you lift weights when you're young, you're going to stunt your growth. That's actually false. It, oh. If it was true, every right. every every kid growing up on a ranch who carried 40-pound milk buckets or bucked hay right. would be stunted growth and short. And they are giants most of the time, you know. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's boys in Nebraska. They're not small, <laughs> right? So it actually stimulates bone growth and muscle growth as long as the, you're eating correctly and you're not under eating, right? Yeah. If you were under eating, for a, for a kid to stunt his growth, it would literally come down to um, not eating at all, no calories, maybe even drinking, smoking, stupid things like that that right. they don't do anyway as a young kid. But yeah. um, this girl was about eight years old, and she uh, got against one of my college athletes. And doing call, a plank yeah doing a plank and she called him out and I was laughing because I knew she'd done gymnastics and so it, they went seven and a half minutes and she's like am I done yet they all fell on the ground seven and, and a half minutes that was nothing that's she, like my normal every day you know <laughs> she could have went forever <laughs> but it showed them how important it is to to make sure their core is strong now a plank is a uh, a great way to start it's not going to be your best option to get your core strong that's going to come from doing your actual lifts right uh, one of the greatest lifts for drummers is actually a walking lunge right is that that's, right yeah if you had to pick if you had to pick a an exercise a walking lunge and not the ones you see the people doing in the park the marriage walk where you take a step yeah. feet come together take a step right. feet come that's together yeah. we're talking about the one where you take a step and you roll through your you hips to the next going. step yeah right yes yeah. you push through your front heel and your back heel comes up to your butt um, and you do those, those, those work the whole system of your legs. So I have so, a question though. Uh, yeah. I started doing lunges. My trainer was having me do lunges and sometimes he would give me some dumbbells to, to, to walk with, oh, yeah. you know, and one time I was doing it and I, on my right quad, whatever you call it, my, uh, m big muscle on the, uh, on the front, on the front yeah, your popped, something popped oh, really? and it went numb there. And so he was like, okay, all right, we're not going to, let's not do lunges right. now. Like I, what's something I could do to kind of work my way back to doing lunges again because we kind of shied away from them a how bit. long ago was that that was well it happened once back about uh 10 years ago uh, or 15 years oh, ago yeah, and then be. recently we had it happen again so so one of the biggest things and i tell my athletes this too is if you have the means to get a massage gun uh -huh. um and massage out your muscles post-workout after the workout after yeah. workout and uh -huh. go through that's going to help with breaking up any kind of scar tissue and that's also going to help with blood flow okay and so there's lots of options out there for massage guns they have high-end ones but yeah. I what have, do you think happened with the pop there what do you think i just pulled uh, a muscle it could have been a micro strain pull or something. yeah it could be a micro strain and uh, then it went numb i noticed it was like I, when i felt there weird. it was numb for a long time that for is a weird. long time and then finally it, it you know went back to normal you know it could be just your body's neurological me that I'm old that I'm yeah, an old guy it could be, it could be. <laughs> but but I I usually assess all my athletes a lot of trainers aren't into as much assessments as they should if, if in general in any business yeah. you're going to have a, a really 
small percentage of really good people in that business and the rest of the people maybe not as good or as mm-hmm. informed. Um, but going through assessments with your clients to, to figure out what works, what doesn't, if they have any contraindications when it comes to their yeah. movements. Yeah. And so uh, especially flexibility. So if I would have done that and noticed when we did like a single leg squat where you sit in a chair and you stand up with just one leg. Oh, right. Okay. If I was able to assess kind of your quad strength and, and your hamstring strength and then the flexibility, then we can design a workout program around you personally. Yeah. To make sure that we don't get into situations where we would have something go. Now, do they happen? They, they can happen to anybody. Yeah. I had a coach just go for a jog and pull both quad muscles oh, and had yeah. to have surgery. Jeez. And uh, he was very in shape, you know. So how much of your initial client meeting, that, that kind of thing, uh, is is asking the client, what what are your goals? What do you want to do versus what you saying, what I think you need to do is this? Once we, it's usually I'll go through and ask them an arraignment of questions of obviously their goals, um, and then what their go- what their goals are going to lead them to. How's their eating, and yeah. and then we go through the flexibility. Because there's always that question: Do you just want to lose weight? Do you want to be thin, right. or are you trying to build muscle mass? Do you want to be right. like strong and right. like muscular? You know, and, that, and, and that's, that's kind what, of a fine line. Really. There, there is, there is. But then once we've gone through their assessments, their goals. Then I could tell them, well, this will get you to your goal, but this is what I feel you need to do to strengthen this that yeah. you didn't know you had. Right. Like you have a right hip that's not firing, right? You have your right side of your core is way stronger than your left side. Your left arm stronger than your right arm. Your shoulder has no flexibility or whatever yeah. it is. And then we go through a, a designed workout program and protocol to make sure that they can get to their goal, not just their goal, but also living goal yeah, of, right. of being a much better human which will help you in your goal of getting to, you know, yeah. I want to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. right? And I see out. so many people that go and they, they do a workout or they get a plan. They get a plan going and they lose a bunch of weight and they do really good and then they gain it back because they lost it too fast. Yeah, there's, there's a danger in losing weight so quick that you just gain it all back. Well, your body's homeostasis wants to stay at a, a right here where right. you're at. And the minute you try to change that, it's going to fight you. And that's why we got to be consistent. And yeah. the reason people do that is because somewhere they break. And they do their cheat day, yeah, air right. quotes. <clears throat> which ends up to be a cheat week and which, a cheat which, month. Yeah, because it, it doesn't take but one day to throw off a rhythm. It takes three or four days to get a ha- good habit going. And like yeah. one bad day to just throw you. Because that's going to throw you off mentally. Because whether you know it or not, subconsciously, you've let yourself down. Right. And it's like cheating, right? Yeah. And, and I so always tell my athletes. Once you've done that, once you've crossed the line, you just right. got to keep going. And I tell, you know, I try to train people with character. But I usually tell them. You know, when you say cheat day, would you cheat on your wife? Well, no, I wouldn't cheat on my wife, right? Well, why would you cheat on yourself? Yeah, right. Get to your goal, and then let's reassess the food that you can eat. But I have people that were cheating once a week, once a week. Or they thought they were doing themselves a justice by, I'm having a fruit smoothie in the morning that has bananas and orange juice and berries. And I'm like, you just had more sugar in that one drink than Mm -hmm. you needed probably for the whole week. Right. I've heard people talk about certain diets where it was like you one day a week, you can have anything you want kind of thing. And that to uh, me that you're just taking a step back. Yeah. It's, it's not a championship mindset that right to say that now that I love it when I see the guys that are 24 years old, that are ripped out of their minds, that have worked their butts off to get to that point, tell you that. Yeah. (laughs) I got a 58 year old lady with a slower metabolism who has, you know, Parkinson's or she has something going on. She can't listen to that advice, but they, people do. And then they mm-hmm. try it. And everybody's built different. Everybody's an individual. So we look at what works for you. 
yeah. right? Like for right. me, if I have sugar, I immediately inflame my entire body, which sugar is an inflammatory, just okay. like pasta, right? right? And, so, and salt that way too? Uh, it's to an extent. Yeah. Um, but as far as the inflammatory foods you eat, it might affect you different than it affects me. For me, it affects me big. Like yeah. I, I will literally, and then your body holds on to water and you have water weight. Yeah. And there's just certain things we got to watch out for, but everything's different per individual. Um, there yeah. are, uh, there is a general things you can do. Like you want to make sure if you're a drummer, you want to have at least, um, six to eight ounces of water every 15 minutes minimum oh, wow. during, you're talking about during the show or just during all the day? show, uh, during the show, during the show. Yeah. All day, your goal should be a gallon of water. Yeah. Unless you're 90 pounds. Okay. All right. <laughs> but if you're over, if you're over 100, shoot for a gallon of water. But don't, like, don't do it all at once. Yeah. All right. right. I, I didn't Very realize I yeah. had to yet. <laughs> there was a radio show back in Sacramento that did a competition for. I read about that. Remember? The lady died. The lady died. She won, and she, she also won died. And she died. <laughs> yeah. And so Easy. now you got to caveat things. You know, you got to put warning labels on things. So. You want to drink a gallon of water throughout the day, which will mean you will have more frequent stops to the bathroom, right. but it'll mean you're hydrated. That's a good thing, right? Hydrated, a, yeah. which is huge. If you're hydrated, I mean, neurologically you're better, um, and it just is, it's going to make you feel better throughout the whole, I mean, you're going to feel so much better if you're hydrated. Yeah. That is such right. an easy step for people to take as opposed to drinking a soda. Just replace, you know, if you're someone who drinks 10 cans of soda a day, replace it with just one bottle of water. Yeah. You know, I had an uncle that did that, and then it just went from one bottle to two to three to he stopped drinking wow. soda. And his belly, literally, without working out, his belly was severely reduced because his calorie output each day was big. Right. But each soda just screwed up his yeah. pH balance, screwed up his whole world. I mean, one can of soda can have 46 grams of right. sugar. I quit drinking sodas back in 2011. My, my story is, is we went to Iraq to play for the soldiers over oh, there, yeah. and the lady that was that had booked us over there said, okay, now this isn't going to be your cushy red carpet kind of thing. It's almost kind of like being in the Army. you got to get up early every day. It's going to be right. It's very physically demanding. Right. Uh, the things that you're going to have to do, even though you're a musician, you're going to have to kind of like be in the Army for uh, two weeks or whatever it was. And I decided I had been looking. I saw people who were addicted to Diet Coke. I was one of them addicted i'm yeah. talking about like you have to have it like yep. i've seen people wait a driver that we had my mother-in-law at the time i i was I always had to have that diet coke and i don't know what it was about diet coke that made it so addictive so i decided i was going to quit not just diet coke but all sodas and i thought the best time to do it would be to go over to iraq and where there's probably not going to be a whole lot of sodas over there right you know? i was thinking oh, that's a good time to just quit cold turkey when we go over there and the first thing we encountered was a big buffet they had for the army guys <laughs> right. you know in in kuwait big everything you could possibly imagine plenty Food of sodas lines. and everything, of course right. but i went ahead and stuck to my guns and i quit drinking sodas and i i mean i'm not saying that i haven't ever had a soda since 2011 every once in a while i'd be with my daughter and she we would go somewhere and they would have like a really frosty mug of root beer or something like right, that and i would right. just like have one with her you know and uh but for the most part i completely quit sodas completely That's i drink good. a lot of coffee though i've had two sodas since the spring of 2000 Wow, that yeah. is awesome. I had one in Springfield, Missouri, um, and I used to have a soda when I'd score a touchdown. Yeah, right. But then it turned into, you know what, I'm just going to stop. And I had one when the Florida Gators won a national title because yeah. I'm a Gator. And then um, <clears throat> hadn't had one since. I've been looking for a cherry Coke in a glass bottle. That is the only thing I want. I want to bring 1985 back, back to the future. <laughs> sure, but in general, soda, like diet soda, like you were talking about, um, fake sugar – yeah. Right. Processed sugar, sucralose, maltodextrin, things like that. That's going to increase bad stomach bacteria, mm -hmm. which 
your stomach runs your body, right? Right. And if it's off, that's your furnace. That's yeah. it. When you have the flu or anything, you'll know your stomach runs everything. So if your bad stomach bacteria and your flora is off, it's going to have a huge effect on your health, right? So we want to reduce fake sugar altogether. We want to have natural sugars, right? If we can, um, like apples like, and fruits and things <clears> like that. Yeah, you know, apples have lots of they're a power food, but you also got to watch it because they do have sugar, mm-hmm. right? So you want to stick to maybe some lower um, sugary fruits yeah berries are pretty lower a lot lower blueberries are an excellent antioxidant they're one of the main things i preach for people to have is blueberries Blueberries. um strawberries aren't terrible people make them terrible they dip them in sugar yeah right chocolate chocolate. but um your fruits are going to be your better sugars to have than than going straight for uh fake sugar or a soda or processed candies things like that are going to be a um uh, 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 hindrance on your health goals. Yeah. So, and like, like I said, a lot of musicians get caught up in sodas, yeah. get caught up in convenience, get caught up in vending machine or whatever somebody just yeah. brings you as opposed to, nah, I'm going to drink water. Now, one of the things you can uh, insert into that is green tea. Green tea. Yeah, yeah. Green tea actually increases your fat oxidation by about 17 to 23% is what mm. most studies have shown so because it has chemicals in it yeah uh not chemicals but i mean it's um you know it's natural chemicals that can help increase that fat oxidation remember that so um and it's got antioxidants and a lot of other good things in it i'm afraid to ask you about coffee because i'm such a coffeeholic that's my one big vice is coffee and do you do uh, it with like (laughs) everything in it or is it black or i do a little bit of powdered creamer and a little bit of some sweet and low and stuff like that sweet and low that's where you that's bad yeah Yeah. so um it's just one of those things you 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 well splenda i I don't know if it's the same thing uh, splenda is a little bit better there's some better uh there's some better sugars out there that will help remember they're still going to give you an insulin spike insulin's what we insulin's a good or bad hormone that we have in our body yeah <clears throat> it's it's responsible for us storing fat. Yeah. Right? And it's when you do it, when you have that insulin spike um, and, and how it spikes, you know. Um, that's why some people eat a bunch of stuff and they go to sleep, right? Yeah. Right, <laughs> like, right. like there's different there's different hormones that can play into that. Um, coffee is actually not terrible. Just don't do it in, in large amounts. Right. Um, Caffeine is actually going to be good. Some people do pre-workouts when they go work out. And you don't necessarily need a pre-workout. Um, if you're eating correctly and you're getting the right amount of sleep and, yeah, right. and you do maybe a little caffeine or a green tea, I'll do a little green tea, mm-hmm. uh, if I need it pre-workout, but I don't need pre-workout, yeah. you know, I don't need to have my heart so jacked. If I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm doing it consistently. I will get my goal. Yeah. Right. Um, and just surround yourself with people that are going to promote that because yeah. eating, sleeping and working out, play into your mood and your life. And if you're going to be able to battle through adversity or you're going to not eat enough that day and then you're going to be grumpy or your hormones are going to be off. Somebody's yep. going to cut you off. That's going to break you or make you right. And then you're going to go to your job or you're going to go play a show and you're not going to be as tuned in. Yeah. And so it, it's a, huge a whole cycle. lifestyle. It's yeah, a whole I lifestyle. Noticed. I was actually yeah. going to write a book on that at some point um, in general on how nutrition plays into your sleep, plays into your workouts, yeah. the whole, it's Mood, all a system. career, everything. Everything. Yeah, really if does. you wake up happy because you ate good the day before and you got yeah. a good workout in, and when you get a good workout in, you sleep a little better, Yes. you're going to be happier. And believe me, 
a smile goes a long way with people, yeah, right? Right. And you can feel their energy versus, man, that guy's a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> That's your drummer? That people just want to be around people that are in good shape. They, they, they physically look good. They're kind of nice to be around. It's, yeah, they're it, kind of encouraging to right, you a little in, bit. They are. And, 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 and it plays into everything, a room. Uh, when you walk in, like you said, you see someone who's in shape, you're kind of like, hey. You, know? you want to talk the, to them. You want to yeah, be and at the gym, iron connected sharp, to them somehow. Yeah, and iron sharpens iron at the gym, too, because you'll see that one guy over there that's like, hey, he's in really good shape. He almost makes you want to work out better. Yeah, right. It also plays for men where, you know, as terribly visual as we are, if someone is a female that's really in shape at the gym, we also work out harder, right? Yeah. Um, and that's just uh, from my perspective of seeing observing gym, uh, you know, being in gyms for as long as I've yeah. been in. I noticed that uh, people that are more out of shape tend to work out better when they're around people who are in good shape. That's true. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So, how important would you say being a musician? And I know we probably talked about this a little bit earlier, but um, I'm trying to encourage people that are musicians that are professional or thinking about a career in music. How important it is to have a personal trainer if you can afford one. I mean, if they, if you could work out some kind of a thing, even an accountability partner. Right. So outside of it is it is so important for you to come into a very competitive situation. You know, everybody. I mean, there's great musicians everywhere that never made it, right. right? And making it as in they can make a living doing it, right? right? Yeah. Full time. Um, and I bet you you could ask all of them, and they'd said, "Hey, if I was a little bit better in shape, I could have had more longevity in my whatever it is yeah. X Y Z." Because, like I said, mental health plays in into your physical yeah. health. Right. Um, but having a trainer, if you don't know what you're doing, you can get yourself in a lot of trouble. Right. And an injury can really set you back. Uh, right. Physical demands of a drummer. You hurt your rotator cuff, and you just say did a great job and had a good show with your band, and they are going to make it, and now you've got a bad shoulder and you can't play. Um, Problem. It's, <laughs> it's a newsflash, but you're replaceable. Yeah. In right. this world, you're, outside of a few things, we are replaceable. Somebody, a business like a band is a business, you're going to need to make money and they're going to find a way to make money with or without you. Yeah, right. So no matter what instrument you play, um, you want to make sure you're doing things correctly and that, you know, stretching correctly, not getting your workouts off of YouTube, trying to stay away from certain things that don't translate into it. Um, I, at national conferences uh, with the strength and conditioning coaches, that all get together, they really hunker in on the science of how to get people their goals healthy and say, or excuse me, safely. Yeah. In the is good that time the dangerous of a YouTube workout? You said not to right. Get you don't your have anybody. Off of you don't. You don't have anybody visually seeing you. I see. Yeah. And your biomechanics, so you don't know that your left arm is at a forty-five degree angle when your right arm is at a forty degree angle, yeah. and you're pushing in a non-biomechanical safe. Yeah, yeah. I um, never know, thought way. about that as being sort of a problem. You know, I mean, you could still get some stuff off there as long as you can, you know, if you got a mirror, that's what mirrors are for, not just to stare in. But when we're working out, it's to see our form right. and make sure we're doing it correctly, right, so that we don't end up doing a squat um, past a certain knee flexion for our particular body and, and having an issue down the road, right, yeah. um, or, or seeing that one hip's not firing. So um, find a professional that's done it. Um, and, and can and can watch yeah. you is is very important, uh, and it also helps for motivating you to stay on it. It's yeah. an accountability situation. Right. So if you have someone that can hold you accountable, yeah, I always notice that when you make an appointment to go do something, then you 
you tend to keep it. You tend to blow it off less. Yeah. Right. Especially once you get to know your trainer. Yeah. And then you are almost like it's it's not just the that professional relationship, but every client I get, I usually end up becoming a good friend with them. Yeah. Right. And like a health coach partner, I check in with them. I got clients from twenty years ago that I still check in with. Hey, how's things going? Yeah. And I encourage them when I met like because I've lived everywhere. I've encouraged my San Diego clients to go find other trainers yeah. and then maybe relay to them like show me what they're doing, show me how they are and and with my experience being what it is, I can say, "Yeah, that's good" or "No, do not do that." Yeah. Right? I'm not going to say who, but when I was training a particular group down in San Diego of military guys, um this gentleman had come down and uh, wanted to get in and on the um, the type of workouts we were doing, and he had a business, um, and it was a CrossFit business. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, I think there's benefits to some CrossFit stuff, but in my general um, line of work, biomechanically, there's not a lot of accountability for certain exercises, and not everybody's built the same, and there's not a lot of assessments. There's right. not. Really? Now, what's CrossFit again? Can you explain? It's a high intensity exercise. It's a high intensity interval training, um, but it's a it's a company that is very energetic when people get in there and they have workouts on the board. And then they've gotten a little bit better. I I don't I'm not bad mouthing that. I'm just saying that there's a difference between CrossFitters and and a certain brand of athletes. I see. And they're uh, you know they're tribal in what they do, uh, but they they kind of miss the mark on a lot of biomechanical exercises and it's it is what it is it's there's no specific adaptation to impose demands when it comes to certain things with that that are going to help for a particular goal Mm -hmm. right if you're just going in there to to do a high intensity interval training workout and do your workout and you're a former athlete and you can kind of figure your way around some biomechanical things great but the injury ratios kind of go up when you take an older person and throw them into an olympic lift when they haven't had if their training age is zero, they don't need to be doing Olympic lifts until they've developed that coordination and that muscle. Um, and that's where a personal trainer will come in. They they know who you are right. and they're working with you one on one. Like it is, it's one on one. You know, and you could do eventually. Like I do groups, but I am on top of each person's individual assessments, individual movements, what they're doing. Not just do it until you can't do it anymore and lose yeah. form, and then you end up getting injured. Yeah. So it's very, like I said, it's very important biomechanically for you you out there that are trying to um, get in shape, find what you're supposed to do and find somebody who knows biomechanics and has a background in um, program development. Yeah. You know, so. um, One of the hardest things for me was coming up with a plan is just how to stick with it, how to stay with it. And everybody's different. Everybody has a different technique. My technique that I found was when I started, when COVID hit, I used to go do the stair climb at the YMCA all the time. Stairs, 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 right. the real stairs, not the elliptical thing. Yeah. yeah. But the real stairs. The stairs. I yeah. did that for a long time, stayed in pretty good shape. Then when COVID hit, the Y shut down and my girlfriend and I, we said, well, what are we going to do? Well, the high school is closed. So let's go run the high school track awesome. that has the bleachers and stuff like that. Yep. So I started doing that 30 minutes every day, 30 minutes with the plank at the end. Doing the you know started did you, out. Did you happen to eat before you did this, or did you do it after? Or I like eat, yeah, not right before. before. I can't because the problem with me was running. I never did like running before. That's why I chose the stairs. I would get acid reflux really bad. Right, right. And that was a problem for me. So I would you know back in the day I would have lunch and then I would go work out right after lunch about two three you know say I have lunch at noon and I would go work out at two. I would still have all that 
you know, in my stomach. And so it would give me acid reflux. So I started doing was I would eat lunch, a good healthy lunch, and then I would run in the evenings. I wouldn't eat dinner right. until about 7. So around 6 or right uh, 36, okay. uh, when I've got an empty stomach, and yeah. but full of energy still, I would run. I would do my run, and then I would go eat dinner after the run. So that's okay. been my thing. But what I was going to say is uh, what really got me going was – running every day finally and of course i was pulling calf muscles right and left so i started stretching right. that helped a lot because i would like once you start running and you pull a calf muscle you're done i mean you're not going to keep running i've done it that's that's just like uh, someone it. stabbed you with a, a knife it's bad. and so i'd walk the rest of the thing and then the next day i would try stretching a little bit and that helped a little bit more i pulled a little less muscle and then over covid months and months of every single day going and running 30 minutes and another thing that worked for me was my playlist i put some good headphones on yeah. music that music. really inspired me that, that that lifted me up yep. that was good energetic music that kept me thinking and kept me not from being bored basically right yeah that, that really uh, um, I just on the potassium side i was going to say another nutritional tip is avocados are a power food yeah super amounts of potassium but no sugar like a banana right so if you had to choose between an avocado and banana Go with an avocado, and you should be doing if you're if you're over 150 pounds, try to do a whole avocado five days a week, right. you know, something like that. Um, and that is also going to help your. I mean, it's a good fat, yeah. so it's really gonna it's gonna help your body. It's a power food, but um, like everything, energy and medicine it, in your body, right? Yeah, it's yeah. just adding more good stuff. Blueberries, avocados, eggs are great. Um, there's so many nutritional things that you can do. Uh, to, to increase your energy, but back to your um, being consistent. One of the things I tell a lot of my people that are struggling with, hey, I cannot lose this weight. I got belly fat. I can't get it off. Um, fasted cardio works really well for, for most people. Um, that means, you know, just wake up, don't eat anything. You can have some water. You can have some tea without anything that's going to spike an insulin level, but then go hit your cardio. And I'm talking 15 minutes makes a yeah. huge difference. If you can just do 15 minutes a day of fasted cardio, I have most of my clients will wake up, they have stairs in their house. They'll do 15 minutes on their stairs, go do their shower, go eat, and then go to work. And then later on in the day, if they can get a 30 to 45-minute uh, muscular workout in, you know, with yeah. weights, uh, that combined will get you goals so fast and and, and sustainable goals. Yeah. Not that whip that we talked about earlier where people lose weight way too fast, yeah. and then your body's homeostasis wants to keep it You right call it there. a whip? like. I call it a you whip, call it whip? Yeah. right? That's but I mean, it could be it could be anything because yeah. I it, this just happened to me. I I came down with COVID for a second time, and um, I thought I had a sinus infection, but you know they <clears throat> my doctor put me on um, a multitude of medicines. Well, I don't take medicine ever, so mm -hmm. I'm super sensitive to medicine anyway. Right. And um, one of them was prednisone, um, and that usually makes people want to eat more. Well, it was uh, I, it was opposite for me. Mm -hmm. because like I said, I don't do a lot. I drank tons of water, but I dropped a bunch of weight and I got down to about 184 pounds. Wow. And my normal weight is 194. Yeah. Um, and so whenever I started feeling better and I started eating good, now mind you, I hadn't been working out. Yeah. So I started eating good. My body wants to keep me at 194. Well, I started eating so much that it whipped me all the way back to like 205. Wow. Yeah. And yeah. so then now, right now, I'm actually about 204 pounds. I'm, I've yeah. got to go back the other way. And that it only will come from nutrition and you know you can work out but if you're yeah. not eating right so i really hunker down on my nutrition knowing how many calories per day i should be taking in yeah. um and that's another thing if you're if you're a drummer out there and you're a rock and roll drummer and you're having these two three hour sets or four hour sets and you're going to burn this amount of calories it depends on i guess your goal but you want to make sure you're giving your body enough energy by eating 
and, and eating a certain amount of calories. If you're eating 1,000 calories a day yeah. and you're putting out 3,000 calories a day, you're eventually going to look like, you know, those guys crossing the finish line at the Boston Marathon. You're gonna, yeah. Excuse me. You're yeah. going to be really – you're going to be really um, uh, skinny. I mean, yeah. and maybe not as muscular, which could also affect your longevity in this particular yeah. field. I think my goal was to be in good, be skinny, you know, like skinny as I needed to be as a drummer, as a musician, as a human being, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. it. Uh, but also not, not, not unhealthily skinny, you know. I want yeah, to be. Yeah, when people look at you and fit. be like, are you okay? Are you okay? Are you, are you sick? Okay? Are you, know, you on chemo? I want to have good <laughs> right? tone, muscle tone. So I was training with my trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the way through COVID, you know, because uh, once the gym did open back up, the one that he was training at, um, you had to wear a mask in there. He had to wear a mask the whole time. But the client didn't have to wear a mask, but you had to wear a mask in the gym when you walked in and all these restrictions. Uh, but we, we went through it and we made it through. And uh, yeah. it was like um, two days a week. I, years ago, I used to do three days a week with, with Byron. And then uh, this last time, I just thought, I'll just keep it to two days a week. I ran every day, yeah, 30 minutes every day, and then doing the two days a week muscle training. Muscle training. So that really so, worked for me. So the, Yeah, and that's a, an age thing, too. I tell my clients, you know, um, Depending on what your goal is. If your goal is to, hey, I want to get really muscular, two days a week will not get you to that point. Right. And three days won't even get you to that point. You need to consistently be doing four to five days a week as far as – and there's an age thing in there too, right? Cause How I'm many just, hours a day would you say, like, that, that five oh, days that, a Oh, I mean, again, that's your goal-oriented um, situation. But you don't need more than uh, – for weight training, you could, you could literally, for most goals, get 45 minutes to an hour. Uh-huh. Now, mind you, you can't do the same workout for four, five, six, seven weeks. You right. have to change it up or your body oh, gets used to it. Is that right? Yeah, okay. And we have what's I've called heard that. we have what's called periodization that we implement in a lot of workouts. And that is just training different energy systems and keeping the body confused enough right. to where you keep getting the changes you want so you don't hit that wall of I look the same. Now I got guys that literally for twenty years I'd go to the gym, I do three to four sets of ten reps. Yeah. And I look Every good. time. Right. And I find out most of these guys that tell me that have done steroids at some point. Oh, I see. Or they're yeah, cheating here and there, you know. <clears throat> but, no, you there, there's a there's a different protocols we do from, you know, uh, we used to call it frequency, intensity, time, yeah. and type. And what, what that basically meant was, for instance, uh, four to six weeks of three to four sets of uh, 15 to 20 repetitions. Yeah. With a 45-second rest period. Right. And, and this is the key, by the way. These are some of the keys. That's where we would start out training an aerobic energy system. Mm-hmm. Right. And then from there, we would go start into a strength phase where we do maybe on the big muscles, four to six sets, mm-hmm. six to 10 reps, heavier. Your rest periods are going to be about two minutes, a minute and a yeah. half, two minutes, maybe even longer. Um, not everybody has to go through that, but it's a way to shock your system. Yeah, you know, okay. and you can figure out your weeks that you need to do that. And everybody doesn't have the ability to do that. I don't have my much older clients doing something like that. We do increase the weight, but we don't go that low. And then you'll have another phase where you're doing four to four, three to four sets of 10 to 12 reps. And your rest periods might be a minute to a minute and a half. Yeah. And then you're working through various muscle groups as you do that. Um, and then in there, we also do some conjunctional periodization where we're throwing in a day where we're doing timed reps until yeah. you break form. Right. And, and we're working that energy system uh for that and if you stay in that you know 12 to 16 week macro cycle your body tends to keep changing and you tend to keep growing and your muscles continue to keep um 
uh, either growing or staying healthy, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, I could definitely see the use in having a trainer because all the knowledge that you have of all that stuff right there can definitely impart a good physical uh, fitness regime for somebody that doesn't know what to do, you know? Right. And I, I like I have clients that are like, I don't care. Just tell me what to do. Yeah. Right. right. Because exactly. they have so much on their mind. They don't need to. They don't even want to learn anything. They just let me let me do this. And I got other clients that are like, I teach it like a class. So they mm -hmm. learn like a class. Because yeah. my goal is to get you to your goal and you move on. You don't you shouldn't be with me forever. Move on. And then other people go, wow, you look really great. And, and you look like you feel good and blah, blah, blah. Where'd you do this? Oh, well, Jeremy, right? I, this right. is his number. Call this guy. Um, and I've literally not really had to do much advertising in. Word of mouth does it all. Word of mouth yeah. does it all. Well, That's you right. get in your results. And yeah. I've never missed a mark with any of my clients. If they want their goal, I get them their goal. The only way I have missed a mark, uh, one guy, he, I found out he was just constantly. The reason how I found it out was I said, I need to see your bank statements. <laughs> like we broke, we were close enough. Yeah. And he, I saw he had stopped at a vending machine. He was spending $400 a month on vending machines at his work. Wow. Thinking, oh, you know, a cliff bar is not bad. For you and yeah. your goal, it doesn't fit into your macros. And you're forgetting how much, you know, you can yeah. screw up on a cheat day. I tell people all the time, there's a calculation on a cheat day. If we got you minus 2,000, say we're trying to do fat loss. And I got you minus 2,000 calories a week, yeah. right? And you have... 2,000 calories extra on a Saturday because you cheated. Yeah. You just not only set yourself back five days because right. each day, you know, that we were losing, but now we got to go five days to get back to that. So you're 10 days back. Yeah, and it's so true. important just to stay consistent and not have those cheat days and then get to a place where maybe you can have a couple hundred calorie cheat day or something. But it's all in your goal. You know, yeah. if you're 50 pounds overweight, let's lose those 50 pounds before we get back to eating maybe something yeah. out there and my Miyagi that I do on yeah, people right. uh -huh. is once you get those 50 pounds off, you're not going to want to go back to that guy. That's right. Yeah. So I mentally will go through and, and basically kill that old guy yeah. and, and get you where you want to go. And then you're not going to want to go back to there. Yeah. But some people do. I've called other clients that, you know, I had a lady lose 70 pounds in 13 months and uh, you know, wow. you contact them five, six years later and they're kind of back at that place. Yeah, right. Uh, it's a lifestyle, right? It's a lifestyle. I mean, I think it's so important that you create not just a good workout regime for you, where what your goals are, but it's just somehow, however you work it out, stay with it. Stay with it. Yeah. And for me, it's been music and the fact that uh, I'm a drummer, a musician, and I'm getting older. I don't. I want to. I don't want to be in the hospital later. I want to work hard now right. so that I I can have a healthier elderly right. lifestyle you know when i get to be 70 or or 80 or whatever well me as a you know me being 44 i was trying to prepare myself to go to mexico this summer <clears throat> so i got in really good shape and and i always tell people even as a trainer i like to have a workout partner that's also a trainer or someone like that that can see my mechanics because what i didn't realize i was doing was i was doing lateral shoulder raises um and i was doing them twice a week i stepped it up a little bit um just for my goal of trying to get my shoulders stronger um, and now I have probably from something I did wrong and with mixed with age and overuse and probably over time, I have a bad right elbow right now oh. and, and, and it can happen to anybody. And that's why I say having a trainer that can go, Hey, Hey, you're, you're a little off on your raise right there, or you're doing this mm -hmm. wrong. Yeah. Um, if I would have had that made, you know, my, my partner actually, my, my, my uh, workout partner moved to West Virginia and he was the one that'd be like, Hey, your right elbow is kicking out or whatever it is. Yeah. And now I have tennis elbow in my right elbow. Now I'm wow. in that process of reconditioning, rehabbing that. 
but injuries yeah. do happen, um, and they I happen. I think it a lot. is important to have somebody to work out with, or somebody uh, to share the experience with, or right. to guide look out you. for you and you know, guide you. Yeah, so, very important. Well, man, this has been so informative. I love it, man. I'm just makes me want to work out more, and it makes me want to stay in shape and feel like I'm doing the right thing with my running and all that. Yeah, um, I was just going to say, like I said, flexibility for drummers, stretching your forearms, stretching your hands. A lot of people don't do the the, yeah. the palm up against the wall stretch to yeah. get your forearms. Men carry tension in our forearms, yeah. amazingly. Another reason to get that massage again and massage that out. People don't even realize how much a loose forearm can make your mood change. Right. right? Yeah. And so, Absolutely. like, massage therapists will tell you there's places you can, you know, wiggle around and make you feel a lot better. Um, so, uh you know, overall, yeah. I would say stretching, uh, nutrition, stretching, stretching, having some kind of a consistent workout, not program. whether it's two or three days a week, consistent workout yeah. program regime. It doesn't have to be long. Uh, like I said, if you're in the, in, if you're trying to lose body fat, really try to do some fasted cardio, um, replace your sodas with some green tea, you know, um, and it doesn't have to be bottled green tea. Oh, that's a real quick study. There's a study that came out. I believe it was University of Chicago, and in that study, they they tested like I believe 91 kids, and 87 of those kids tested positive for a plastic toxicity in their blood. Really? Wow. Well, me and you growing up, we didn't have bottled waters. Right. We didn't have plastic, yeah. anything, right? And um, so one of their biggest things was try not to drink out of plastic bottles as much as you can, because that plastic toxicity increases estrogen in men. And it was causing cancer, cancer-causing agents. Yeah, right. So I would say don't do what I was going with this is don't do green tea out of a bottle. If you can make it at home, you know, start yeah. trying to form habits of when you hear that voice of, oh, I don't want to do that. Fight that voice. And the more yeah. you fight that voice, the more successful you'll be, not just in your workouts, but in life in general. Yeah. When that voice says, I don't want to do it. I'm tired. Uh, uh, just yeah. take the easy route. Do yourself a favor. Push through that. And you'll find yourself, you will be in that 3% as opposed yeah. to the guys that are just trying, you actually have pushed yourself to a level and put yourself in a position to be as successful as possible. Yeah, I always notice that for me, uh, once I change into my shorts and I'm getting dressed to go work out, that's the biggest hurdle. Is, yeah, just is, the, is the, once the, I've got the shorts on and my shoes, right? and I'm gonna go. Yeah, you know? that one it's, step. It's not gonna, I'm not gonna blow it off or anything. I as, a, I, I as a strength coach do the same thing. Like yeah. if you sit down and you overthink it, you're not going to do it. You're going to overanalyze. You're going to come up with an idea. Oh, I got to do ah, this. You know I can't do it today. Eh. Whatever. Just don't overanalyze. Just do it. And then like anything else, deal with whatever you have to deal with after. And your mental health after you work out, you're going to be happier. You're gonna, everybody I've ever worked out with, if they're in a bad mood and we do a good workout, they're in a good mood when they're done. They sleep better. Because the endorphins yeah, are kicked right. in and they sleep better. Yeah. So again, just don't listen to that voice and push through it and find a, somebody, a partner or a, a accountability partner, a trainer. Someone that's going to help you get your goal. And, and keep and it consistent. Keep it consistent. Keep it going. Well, man, this has been so informative. That makes me want to go work out right now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeremy Bird, for hanging out with us and uh, talking nutrition. And uh, uh, we'll see you next time on Designated Drummer. Thanks very much. Thank you.